Well, it's a big weekend for our parish. We are soon to be opening our St. Michael's Adoration Chapel out at Crane Road. And this weekend we are doing a push to fill up all the time slots. There's 144 hours that will be needing to be filled out at Crane Road, uh, pretty much from Sunday at noon, 24 hours, 24 hours, all the way to Saturday at noon. We're going to be filling up those hours out at Crane Road. So all three of us priests are talking about what adoration has meant to us in our life and uh, why we think it's so important for this parish and are looking forward to see what the Holy Spirit does by allowing this do devotion to be something that um, brings our parish closer to Christ. And it's, a, it's something that is a strong devotion in our diocese. There's a lot of parishes throughout the diocese that have these adoration chapels, and uh, it's a beautiful gift. You can think of Holy Cross, St. Peter, St. Thomas More. You know, they all have these adoration chapels. And up in my neck of the woods where I grew up, my home parish, St. Peter South Boyd, has had an adoration chapel since the late 90s. And as long as I can remember, Holy Family has had one as well. And I've mentioned before, you know, that since the 90s, my dad has had that, that 3 a.m. spot on Wednesdays and just sort of that beautiful example of being a spiritual leader of the family and taking that time and uh, every single week to go to bed early on Tuesday and then wake up and start his day, you know, praying with our Lord and the highs and the lows of our family life often was accompanied with um, adoration. You know, I remember two distinctive spots that um, stand out. One was 9-11, which I think I mentioned one time. You know, my mom got us four kids in the car and we went to the Adoration Chapel. And amidst that great devastation, that very sad day, just being able to be with our Lord and, and hear Him say, you know, it'll be okay. And um, yeah, another one is was about 2010. So as a high schooler, I've been trying to figure out, you know, what does the Lord want me to do with my life? Um, but as a young 16, 17, 18 year old, I kind of just did lip service, but was actually saying, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And my uncle, who I looked up to and, and still very much do, is a surgeon out in uh, Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, beautiful out there, and been out there to visit him a couple times, and it was just gorgeous. And I had a big house, uh, lovely family, and I was like, wow, this is, this is the goal right here. This is what I want to do. I want to be a doctor. I want to be uh, someone who can provide for my family the way that, that he does. And it was all going according to plan until I applied to the University of Illinois and then didn't get in. So that was kind of a big first kind of door shut. And it was the only school I applied to. So I ended up going to community college in Rockford, Rock Valley College for a couple of years. And, you know, first time in my life, you know, me and God weren't exactly on the same page. What the heck? This is the plan, man. This is, this is the first wrinkle in the plan. What's going on here? And uh, let's just say at that time, maybe I uh, had a little pity party for myself and maybe wasn't too involved uh, in sort of that passionate side of being involved in my faith. As much as an 18-year-old who's living at home with his parents can get into trouble, I kind of was a little bit. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you didn't really have a choice. You were going to go to Mass with the family. But my heart wasn't there, right? So much so that after my first year of school, the girl I had been dating for a couple of years, she actually ended the relationship because I wasn't leading her close enough to Christ. 
God bless her. And uh, around that same time, a priest from here, Father Federspiel, got moved to my parish, St. Peter South Beloit, and we had known each other from my time at Boylan in high school. And he took me under his wing a little bit, and I remember he said, um, do you want to go get like, some lunch or something? And we ended up going maybe once a month to go get lunch. After the first few meetings, I remember he asked me, like, you ever thought about maybe being a priest? I, I laughed at him. I was like, no, you don't understand. God and I, we have, uh, we have an agreement. You know, I'm going to have this successful medical career, beautiful wife, bunch of kids. One of my sons will play for the St. Louis Cardinals. we got to figure it out. It's all going to be fine. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I discern that. And while that was not something I was open to at the time, you know, he was saying, you need to get your life back in order a little bit and trying to get my grades up to be able to get down to the University of Illinois to get back on that track that I had set for myself. And he's like, you, you kind of get back into your spiritual life. It'll, it'll help you in your studies. It'll help you in all these areas. So he encouraged me to start spending time in adoration. And I was on board with that. I was like, all right, yeah, this seems to make sense. So like I said, our home parish had it. So I would go there sometimes. And then in Rockford at Holy Family, it wasn't far from the school I was going to. It wasn't far from one of the jobs that I had. So I'd stop in there after school, after work, and just spend time in adoration. I found a lot of peace there. I really liked being in front of our Lord, but there was this sort of nagging question that kept coming up, and it had to do with, you know, my vocation. And I was pretty hard at pushing against whatever that was. And, um, you know, after a while, I was like, well, maybe... Before I go to medical school, I'm supposed to like be a missionary for a couple of years or maybe I'm supposed to be like a youth minister or something, just like anything that's not priesthood. I won't, I'm not willing to go there, but what else can we talk about, Lord? And um, you know, it's, a, it's a scary thing to think about trusting in the Lord in a way that, you know, not having a family that a priest does, that was something that was very scary for me to, to think about and I didn't really want to go there. But I remember a night in adoration, uh, it was like December of 2010, and I just got done working, it was late at night, maybe 10, 10.30, and I just got done with work, was going over to the adoration chapel, and a priest was walking out. Me being a dumb college kid, needed to go to confession, so I asked him to hear my confession, which he did, God bless him, and after that I just went into the adoration chapel, and I just had one of those graced times of prayer, where prayer was just very easy, and uh, just really enjoyed the consolations that were coming with, with being in front of our Lord. And however much time went by, a conversation popped into my head that I had had with Father Federspiel. He asked, all right, so you're going to adoration? That's a good thing. Like, what are you doing in adoration? And that might be a question that you have when I have this adoration. Like, what do we do? There's lots of things that you can do. Well, spiritual reading, to read about the saints, to read about your faith. We're always called to constantly be learning. So, you know, I would do that. Pray the rosary, something we did growing up. Pray the rosary. It's like, those are good. Those are good things. But do you ever talk to the Lord? Like, what do you mean? It's like, we're having a conversation. We believe that that's Christ, truly present in the Eucharist. He's right here amongst us. That's his true body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you talk to him like he's there in the room with you? You believe that, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, all right, do you talk to him? I didn't. So I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. I said, very simply, a 19-year-old kid would 
maybe start a relationship with a conversation with the creator of the universe. I said, what's up, God? How are you? And uh, there was no voice from heavens. There was no comic bubble with words that I was having a vision, but there was definitely a back and forth, that silence in the heart. And I got this feeling that the Lord was disappointed. He was just saddened. And I was like, Lord, why are you upset? What's going on here? And he said, you're making me upset. You're disappointing me. And I didn't quite understand in the moment, but you know, very much like this fig tree in the gospel, I realized in that moment that everything the Lord had given me, all the gifts and talents that he'd given me, I was not interested in bearing fruit for the kingdom and giving it back to God, but sort of just preserving my own self, right? A tree without fruit. And I realized how selfish I was with all the gifts that the Lord had given me, that I wasn't interested in what his plan was for me. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And as long as God fit into that, it was okay. But as soon as that didn't quite agree, then I would push back. And it hit me really hard. It hit me just because I realized how much selfishness was in my life. So I asked him. I kind of finally peeled back that last layer of the heart. Got into that scary question of, what do you want me to do with my life? And it was there in adoration that the Lord invited me to start serving the priesthood more seriously. And I was like, come on, anything else. I just don't want to be a priest. Come on, man. You can see how that conversation went. It went really well. But uh, you know, I told my parents the next morning, and they encouraged me to have a spiritual director, so I reached out to Father Fed, and he kind of saw it coming for a little while, obviously. And uh, he said, all right. If you're going to do this, you're going to do it. So every single day, I want you to spend an hour in adoration. It's like, come again? Are you serious? I got two jobs. I'm a kid. I got 18 credit hours. I'd like to have some semblance of a life, and now I'm supposed to go do this every day? Every day. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So every day, making that time, whether it was up in St. Peter South Lloyd or at Holy Family, spending time in adoration, and within like a month, it was so crystal clear that, yeah, this was from the Lord. This was something that, if I was going to be honest with myself, I needed to continue to pursue and reach out to the diocese. The diocese and next fall, you know, entered the seminary, and that peace continued to come throughout my discernment as a seminarian. And obviously, you know, here I am. So, brothers and sisters, the gift of this adoration chapel coming to our parish is something that. We won't know the answer to until we're in heaven. But I feel very confident in saying that this being in our parish will save marriages. This adoration being in our parish will allow young men and women to hear their call to be nuns, to be priests, to be holy married couples. And it's going to be a huge difference in our families. So I want to encourage you all We've got these cards in the edges of our pews. If you could pass them out amongst all of you and to seriously consider you know, spending one hour a week with your family, by yourself, um, in adoration. And we have 144 time slots, like I said. 
Of course, we'll keep the adoration here from Wednesday after Mass until Thursday, 7 o'clock Mass. So if this is the church that it's physically possible for you to attend, you know, consider taking an hour here. Let's fill the church every hour. Have a bunch of people praying. It would be amazing. But even if one in 30 of our families signed up, the hours would be, would be double. It would be two, two people for every time slot. So I really don't have any fear that we are going to fill these time slots. But I want you each to personally consider one hour a week. And if that's not possible with your schedule, to put yourself down as a sub. And if we need someone to cover an hour, your name is on a list to say, like, all right, this, this time, this day, can you come and cover for this hour? Because it will be something that uh, is going to change our parish in a very beautiful and dynamic way. And with everything going on in the world right now, to increase our prayer and our love for the Lord is only going to bring good. So let's pray for each other as we discern uh, how we can spend a little bit more time with our Lord and realize that anything we give to the Lord, he gives back to us a hundredfold. Let's not be like this tree in the gospel and only preserve ourselves, but let, let the Lord in adoration cultivate the ground around our souls so that we can bear fruit for his kingdom.